0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Town of Portland, Portland High School District Podcast. And uh, with me in the studio is our new superintendent, uh, Dr. Britton. And uh, welcome. How are you? Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. It's uh, again, Charles, we uh, it's been a whirlwind a couple of weeks (laughs) going from meeting to meeting and. Uh, special meetings to new hires to uh, reopening plans and so forth. So, uh, uh, you know, obviously coming out of uh, Hartford, there are new executive orders and I'm sure there are new orders coming out of the State Board of Education. So kind of tell us where we're at right now uh, as far as that goes.
1: Yeah, the the nature of the information is literally like drinking from a fire hose. It is coming fast and furious from, from many different people. Um, you know, and of course there, there's lots of inconsistencies and people interpreting it in different ways. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of the frustration people are feeling is that, you know, uh, some people are interpreting the plan one way, whereas other districts are interpreting the other. You know, and there are questions about, should we, or can we open in hybrid or distance or, or, or where are we? So I guess I just want to start with, I recognize how confusing this is for a lot of people. And I also recognize how stressful this is. Um, it's, it is very complicated. There are lots of moving parts. And um, you know, we're, all, we're all doing our best to, to try to make sense of, of what we must do, what we need to do, and then how we do it in a way that absolutely maximizes the health and safety of everybody. So. Um, I think first step in that process here and in communicating the information as it's come together is, is this. So thank you for having me. And, and I look forward to talking to you about it.
0: Oh no, I think, uh, you know, uh, g- going forward, I think this is an excellent, uh, uh, vehicle to get information out. I know, you know, uh, when you, uh, started your tender as, as the uh, commander in chief, so to speak, um, I think you were, uh, alluding that you were going to send out your, what your, your Friday, uh, uh, emails or, or dumps as you saw uh, <laughs> phrase them and so forth uh, you know updating uh, not only the, the the parents the faculty on on what's happening and uh, what's going forward I know we we had our um, a fairly lengthy uh, Board of Education meeting Tuesday night where you outlined uh, pretty much uh, the plan. I think that uh, you're scheduled to submit tomorrow to the uh, the board, uh, state board of education.
1: Deadline's I'm, tomorrow.
0: Yeah. The deadline's tomorrow. Uh, as far as I go, we also did a a podcast with our uh, first selectwoman at uh, earlier today at, at noontime, and we had Russ Melman on, our Chatham Health Director, and um, and you know referencing off some of those. Uh, uh, Points um, that you had outlined in your plan that, uh, from a state standpoint, are still a little bit fuzzy or unclear. Uh, you know, as far as uh, um, you know, quarantining children and and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, I don't uh, where 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 to start, but I know I I, I think uh, where your intentions are, and I think everybody's intentions are to are to start and get kids back into school. So,
1: right. So so here's the 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 headline. The the plan is that. Schools are going to reopen for everyone. All faculty, staff, students are able to come back to school on September 1st if the transmission of COVID in our community is low enough. Now, the confusing part is I, I suppose somebody would ask me, what is low enough? Right? What, what is the transmission rate that would be acceptable um, in terms of opening schools? I don't have that information yet that is still going to be forthcoming from our Department of Public Health. But the good news is is that as of today, there are very few, I think there were five in the month of July, new cases of COVID in the community. It is it is low. People are doing a good job of social distancing and wearing their masks and washing their hands and, and go Connecticut, right? I mean, yes. we, we are yes. in a really good place. And if we stay there, we're going to reopen. So, yes. I'll tell you, one of my frustrations is when I go to stores and see someone without a mask, which is rare, I get frustrated with them because that's what's going to keep us from opening, right? Exactly. Do what you need to do to keep us safe so that we can all enjoy each other's company again soon, right? So if the transmission rates stay low, we will reopen. However, parents have the option of not sending their students back to school. So if parents choose not to have their kids come back to school, we will offer a program of distance learning. And, and parents don't have to have a reason. It can just be a, a simple request. I'm not comfortable, and we will honor that request and have um, distance learning for families that choose to uh, not come back to school in person and in-person learning for families that do. We recently commissioned a survey, and right now it looks like K-12, through we have about 8% of our families that have requested distance learning. Many of our families are uncertain. We are going to do another survey at the um, midpoint of August. At that time, we're going to remove the uncertain option and ask parents to commit to either coming back in person or um, uh, taking advantage of a distance learning program. Both of those programs will be taught by certified, highly qualified teachers, um, and we will make sure that we meet people um, and and provide academic support in both the in-person and the distance Mm -hmm. learning. Now, if COVID rates bump up and it's a moderate level of transmission, and again, unfortunately, I don't yet have the guidelines about what public health officials consider moderate, hoping to get that soon, but if it gets to the point where we're in the yellow zone, so green would be all open, yellow would be, hey, you need to reduce capacity in the classroom. We're developing a schedule that would reduce student population in the buildings on a given day by 50%. Half of our students would be in a cohort called cohort A, and the other half would be in cohort B. Cohort A would come to school if it's a full week, on Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday, everybody would be distance learning. Thursday, Friday would be cohort B, and then we would have the weekend. Now, somebody might ask, why would you do it that way? Because by doing the AA day off, BB weekend or day off, that gives us the days off, or not really off, but in distance learning, mm-hmm. so that we can deep clean the buildings. So sure. that the kids in cohort A we not have the opportunity to cross contaminate with the students in cohort B. Right. So that's the hybrid model. Then if we get to the red, um, which keep your masks on, please let's hope we don't get there. Mm-hmm. We would be prepared to move back into a distance learning model the same way we ended this year. Yeah. So it's either gonna be depending on transmission rates, all everybody in hybrid or distance learning. What's going to be unique about this year is that we're going to, have to be prepared to transition between any one of those models the same way we would if we were hit with a blizzard. Sure. So what's really important for parents, students, teachers, faculty, staff to know is that we have to keep an eye on reliable news sources and monitor transmission rates in the state and in our area, really the same way we do when we keep an eye on a blizzard moving up the eastern seaboard. Sure. Sure. Right. So, but the fact is that you know we may start on a Monday in all in person, and by Wednesday be in distance learning, and then Friday in a hybrid model. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I would communicate those changes the same way I do, um, or Philip's done. I've never had to make a snow day call yet. I'm not highly <laughs> looking forward to it, but I understand it's a big responsibility of the superintendent. The same way we would make weather-related cancellations.
0: Mm-hmm yeah I think that there's uh, a lot of moving pieces a lot, you know, of moving. a lot of moving pieces and uh you know as I, Russ said uh, the updates, and I think you said five he gave us the the updates through the through the the uh, Chatham Health District, and uh, July so far, uh, throughout the Chatham Health District, there were only nine uh, uh, cases, so compared to as he recapped going back to April, it was like one hundred and eighty cases. And so we're, we're definitely, uh, you know, heading in the right direction. But as you say, we have to monitor those. Uh, and they're very, uh, you know, things are very fluid at this point, you know, as far as that goes. Um, now, coming back to school, I know a lot of parents, uh, you know, had uh, issues of, you know, with with the transportation. And, and I think um, from, from your survey, I think uh, a, a fair amount of parents are uh, offering to to transport their kids
1: to school is, yeah, is that-, that is a really important consideration so again it the guidelines are going to be based on transmission rates if the transmission rates are low the buses will run at full capacity now they'll look different because students will have to wear masks we're going to load the buses differently we're going to get kids on and off the buses as quickly as we can but if there are low transmission rates the buses would run at full capacity if we were obviously in a hybrid model, they would run at 50% capacity. Now this year, we sent out a survey, and we asked parents, would you be sending your kids to school or from needing transportation from school on the bus, or would you be driving your kids to school? A lot more parents indicated that they would be driving their kids to school. This is a good thing. And I would say if, if parents are able to drive their kids to school, please drive your kids to school because that reduces capacity on the bus. Sure. Um, If you can't, totally understandable. My kids in Wallingford are gonna be taking the bus because I I have to get to work early, right? So I can't drive them. If I could, I would. Now, there's a logistical challenge with that, of course, because that means that there are gonna be exponentially more cars dropping kids off every morning. Sure, yeah. So one of the logistical challenges, we're doing a traffic study At each of the buildings with our school security officer eric judas and the portland police department even as of today we're we're touring each of the buildings and coming up with traffic pattern configurations so that we could um, get the buses the faculty of staff and the many more parents who i imagine will be driving kids to school into the parking lot dropping kids off and leaving so part of our back to school information will clearly lay out how, when and where to, to drop students off uh-huh. but for today I would say to parents again in, in planning for the fall if you can design your work schedules in a way that permits you to drop your kids off please please do that because it will reduce capacity on our buses but the buses would be running as normal should the transmission rates stay low
0: sure that'd, that'd be great uh, and again uh, as, as situations evolve and uh, you know, as, uh, you know, the situations at home involved, depending on, you know, if you've got one working parent or two working parents or, you know, that all, again, a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving parts. as far as that goes. Now, as far as the, um, uh, I know pretty much uh, from the, the lower grades, the, 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 cl- the, the students are pretty much staying mm-hmm. in the same classroom uh, with cohorts.
1: Yeah. It, if we're all back in person, it is going to be a very different look and feel to our our buildings, um, one, all students are going to wear masks, and all faculty and staff are going to wear masks. Um, that is uh, based in science, and and the experts have told us is that social distancing and masks are the two most effective ways to stop the spread of COVID-19. So we're going to all be in masks next year. We will have an inventory of masks, and we'll provide them for people who need them, or you're welcome to wear your own. I think masks are going to become a new fashion next year. I yes. There's going to be lots of different types of masks that we need, but they are going to need to stay on to keep ourselves safe. We're working out mask breaks. We're figuring out how, um, when and how we're going to be able to take masks off safely for lunch. And at recess, we'll be able to take them off. And they're not going to be on all day, but for large parts of the day, they, they will be worn. The other thing that's gonna look very different about next year is that all of our desks, excuse me, are gonna be spaced out six feet apart. So um, I never thought I would do this as an educator of 25 years, but um, I had a, with principals and custodians, literally a a clipboard and a tape measure (laughs) and spent a lot of time over the past two weeks measuring six feet distance to the front, to the back, to the right, to the left, and having spacing desks out. Um, Carl Johnson is now building desks. They're tiny little sort of two foot by two foot desks for Valley View. But we have enough room in our classrooms to spread out the kids six feet apart. It's not ideal. It's not developmentally appropriate. It's not great. It doesn't encourage the, the kinesthetic or the time on the carpet reading a book or those types of things. But we are going to keep kids six feet apart with masks on which are the two most important steps towards stemming the spread of COVID. Mm -hmm. The next thing that's gonna be very different is called cohorting. So in grades K through eight, kids are gonna get off the bus or be dropped off and go directly to a classroom. They're gonna stay in that classroom with the same group of 15 to 22 kids all day and the same teacher. Historically, particularly at the middle school in Brownstone, kids are used to passing in the hallways to go to art, to world language, to science, to math, and all of their courses. Instead, the kids are going to stay in one place, and the teachers are going to come to their classes. So when the bell rings, the teachers will change, but the students will stay in one place. The idea of that is that by containing students in, in cohorts or pods with the same group of kids, they wouldn't then, God forbid, spread the virus if they were um, intermingling with larger groups of students. Mm-hmm. It's definitely got its logistical challenges. Uh, it's hopefully only until a vaccine is developed, of course, but we are gonna be cohorting students in small groups or classrooms um, in grades K through eight. The high school level, that's more difficult, right? Because kids have much more choice and, and it's, there are many more requirements, They are still going to be transitioning from classes to classes at the high school. The difference at the high school this year is going to be, instead of seven periods meeting on a given day, only four are going to meet. We're going to implement something called a block schedule. That way, the kids are only in the hallways changing classes or intermingling with up to three other groups of kids in a day or four other groups of students in a day, as opposed to seven. So it isn't possible to cohort at the high school, but by implementing a block schedule, we can reduce the amount of time kids are, are in the hallway or interacting with other groups of kids.
0: Yeah, I, and, and what, what about uh, I know in the high school? Is there gonna be uh, unidirectional flows of traffic? How's that work?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, Ms. Lawson is, is working on that. In some cases, that will make sense, um, y- except the, the high school is a big square, yep. right? So, you know, if I'm going from, um, uh, you know, Mrs. Stotler's room to, you know, Miss Blodgett's room, <laughs> which are right next to each other, w- am I going to go out of the room and walk all the way around the building to end up in the room right next to mine? Yeah. Right. Obviously, that wouldn't make sense. You just walk across the way and go into that right 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 so where it makes sense um miss lawson is going to have some traffic patterns or some general guidelines and you know and students aren't unfortunate you're going to be able to you know hang out in the hallways with large groups or eat in the cafeterias in 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 large groups there are going to be some logistical differences
0: sure sure and getting to you know, eating, uh, how does that work out now?
1: Oh, boy, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's another yep. can of worms.
1: <laughs> so, um, again, the guidelines are, are pretty clear, and, and we've heard this. This is why there are, well, up till today and even today, no baseball games. There's no large crowds. Um, the idea is, and it makes sense on a lot of levels, to limit large groups. Clearly, that means we are not going to have concerts. We're not gonna have um, sporting events with lots of fans. We're not gonna have uh, class assemblies. And we're not gonna have lunches where large groups of students come and eat together. Right, So you can Im- imagine that having 100 kids in a cafeteria eating without masks on would, would be a place where you would be most likely to spread a virus. So kids are gonna eat in their classrooms. And uh, will those students who um avail themselves of the school lunches will have you know brown bag delivery of the school lunches to the classrooms. Ah, there you go. Uh,
0: you have the carte blanche. Yeah. Uh, yep. So to yep. speak. Yep. Have them break out their diners cart. Exactly. If you remember that. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well uh, yeah that's uh interesting and and uh, logistically like I say there's 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 a whole lot of things that's moving around. Um obviously I don't think the uh um, the governor's executive orders now are, uh, you know, they're, they're flying a little bit fast and furious. Um, the, the legislature is back in session right now, uh, and so forth. And I, apparently, um, uh, from what Russ is saying, a lot of the, uh, governor's executive orders, uh, expire at the end of this month. So, uh, you know, obviously that's going to have some effect on, 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 you guys as well.
1: For sure. Yep. For sure.
0: You know, uh and who knows that there'll be probably maybe new executive orders, depending on, uh, you know, the infection rate and, uh, the spread rate as far as that goes. And fortunately, fortunately the Connecticut has, uh, I, I think, uh, done all of the right things and all of the right times. And, uh, we are in much better shape than many people have many states throughout the country, you know, as far as that goes. Um, I agree, I agree. now, now is any, um, you know, from, from, from traveling standpoint, um, is, is there, uh, how are you guys handling that with, you know, parents perhaps that went on vacation or are
1: coming back before school? How does that work? So that's very complicated. Um, as we know, the governor has placed a travel advisory in effect. Um, last I checked, I think there were 16 states that, um, were considered, um, hot zones. Uh, Florida being one of them, California, I know was in on the list, um, for people who visit those states and return, uh, there's an expectation that you quarantine for 14 days. That's what I'm sticking with. I would say 14 days is the guideline now. Now I have heard things like, well, if, if you do 72 hours and then get a negative test, and then another three days, you know, there, that guideline may change. But right now, I believe, and unless it's changed in the last half hour, which is, how things are going these days. Right, right. It is, if, if you're in South Carolina and you come back 14 days, you're home. So faculty, staff, students, August 8th, be back in the state. Right, right. So that means if, if you have any travel plans, you need to be home by August 8th in, for faculty and staff, mm-hmm. which is 14 days before August 24th, which right. is our convocation, or students, Count backwards 14 days from September 1st. I'd have to get my calendar out and do that. Right. That's when you need to be back. And I know that that really stinks for people who are planning to go to Disney or visit family in Georgia the last week of August. You can't do that. Right. And if you do, you can't come to school for those 14 days. Right. Um,
0: now, uh, in, in in our previous podcast with Russ, on uh, he said there, uh, I guess the governor has created a little bit of wiggle room from that standpoint uh, in relation to uh, travel, and, and one of the instances there examples that he uh, uh, pointed out was basically kids that have or uh, parents that have their kids that are going to school in South Carolina or whatever they have to bring them to college mm-hmm. and to come back. And, or another example that he gave is, in, in fact, it's uh, if you had a relative that, that passed away or is passing away and to be with the family and so forth, uh, apparently they're, they're allowing slack there, but um, they're suggesting um, that you, you know, go drop your kid off at school, move in, head right back, not going out to dinner, not going whatever. It's just do what you got to do and head back,
1: you know. Yeah, you know, again, I, I haven't heard that. I don't know. I would just say to people that that it, it, it's it's time to sacrifice. Yeah. You know that that certainly, you know, if you lose a loved one, I I get it. You're going to go. But you know really anything short of that, yeah. Connecticut's beautiful in the st- summer. Yeah. Stay here. It'll be there in the future. Yeah. I, oh. I, I canceled my vacation to California. I was yeah. going to go see um uh, Dawn Davis, our, our director of pupil services was going to go to Florida, she's canceled. Yeah. It's lousy, but that, that's the kind of thing we're going to have to do to keep each other safe. Sure. Uh, so is what it is. Why risk it?
0: For sure. Exactly. Exactly. So,
1: okay. Um, well, I, I, I think you've been diligently working. Go ahead. Yeah, I got one more thing. I just want if you don't mind. No, not um, at all. Another sacrifice um, that I, I just want to put out there for folks, and we're going to give more information about this. Part of our daily routines have got to change. When I get up in the morning, I'm going to have to be, and I do now, and parents are gonna have to do this for younger kids, and our older kids are gonna be capable of doing this themselves. But we're gonna have to take a moment after our bowl of cereal, or after I've poured my coffee, and I'm gonna have to reflect. Do I have a fever? Does my stomach hurt? Do I have a sore throat? Does my coffee taste any different? You know, there are a list of signs and symptoms of COVID that we're all gonna have to be aware of. And before we leave the house, we're gonna need to assess ourselves, or if it's a preschool student, mom or dad are gonna have to check, how are you feeling? If there's any inkling that you're not 100%, stay home. Right. Right. Now, you're not done there. In addition, the the second consideration is gonna have to be, in my case, is my wife Jenny not feel well? Does Chaser Cassidy not feel well? Has anybody I've interacted with not right. feel well? If those pers- people aren't feeling well, stay home. Right. All right. Now, as a parent, I've been guilty. If my son or daughter wake up with a little belly ache, well, you know, here's a little bit of Tylenol. Get off to school, and we'll we'll be fine. I mean, that's got to change. Right? We're going to have to be really careful about making sure that we stay home if we're not feeling well 100%. That's definitely inconvenient, mm-hmm. and especially you know busy parents need to get to work, or you know, we're behind on things and we have to keep going, um, but that, that's a, a cultural norm that we're going to have to shift, yep. and there's another one here. I know I've been guilty in my career many times of going to work when I wasn't feeling great, mm-hmm. and oftentimes I thought of it as, well, I've got too much to do. People are counting on me. You know, I, I don't want to sub or... Have these these meetings I have to go to, you know, and I've almost looked at it sort of maybe as a function of my my commitment or work ethic that right. you know if I'm not a hundred percent I'm not gonna take the day off. That's right. a, that was what a slacker might do, right? Yeah, you know, I'm not. I, I, that's how what I've how I've thought about things. That too has got to change. Yep. Right. If 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 our faculty, staff, anybody's is not feeling well, stay home. Right. Now I know that that's going to mean we're going to have higher rates of absenteeism this year. So what? We'll be okay. Yeah. Right? Take, take care of yourself, but understand that it's not just about you taking care of yourself. Your willingness to sacrifice and take care of yourself could keep other people healthy and safe, too. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I, I think it's, uh, you know, good food for thought, uh, as far as I go. But, you know, you know as well as I do, as far as in, in uh, academia and... and uh, uh, in teaching, how many times do kids go to the nurse's office? Oh. You know, I don't feel right or I, you know, uh, I've got a bloody nose or, you know, I tripped or, or whatever. So, I mean, that's that's another thing that is, uh, you know, you, you put on the radar screen that just throws another uh, caveat into the mix that you have to deal with.
1: Yeah. I mean, One of the things we're going to have to do this year is uh, we are going to train our faculty, staff, everybody to look for signs and symptoms of COVID in each other in the adults and in our kids and if we identify somebody's not feeling well or somebody self-reports as not feeling well we are going to have a clear protocol for that person to go to the nurse's office there's going to be a containment area in the nurse's office and that individual is going to be dismissed from school for the day right so um, how exactly that works out we're still working out the details of that right um but right i mean it Unfortunately, do I think that means a lot more kids that otherwise would just get that little bit of Tylenol from the nurse and sent back to class? Right. It is going to be qualitatively different and and many more phone calls to parents to come and pick children who aren't feeling 100% up, even though it may just be a hay fever, right? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That's going to be another difference this year. Well, I think uh, it it certainly gives... uh Pause
0: for uh, you know I I think a whole change in uh, looking at things in, as far as in perspective to to keep everybody healthy to keep uh, yourself healthy as far as and uh, to watch out for everybody else so uh, I I don't envy your task uh, Charles I know you've been doing a great job and, and uh, you kind of walked into uh, the
1: deep end of the pool on this one yeah you know, I, you know look I'm uh, I, I, I'm I'm happy happy to, happy that we have to do these things I, I'm also a, a perennial optimist you know i think that this collective experience is going to bring us closer oh absolutely you know, i think every national tragedy that we've ever lived through as a as a community as, as a state as a nation they've they've forged us they've sure. they've made us stronger and right now we're not we're not in a point where we can reflect yet yeah but i think some point in the future when we think back on what's happening right now, we're going to think of it the same way we do of nine eleven or Sandy hook or Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And we're going to identify this as a time that was a crisis that was traumatic, that was awful, but made us better.
0: Yeah. And it, and it's a, it's a kind of a, a teaching moment, yep. you know, that we can uh, learn from and adapt, uh, going forward. And, uh, uh, that's what we have to do in this world today is, uh, because things are ever changing and, uh, Uh, You know, life moves on, unfortunately, and you know, hopefully, we get a uh, a vaccine for this thing, and this thing, uh, you know, we can get this thing in in a rearview mirror. And uh, but going forward, I think you're absolutely right. I think the uh, the the word normal is going to uh, look. And feel totally different.
1: I think it's going to be new normal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, until we can b- get back to the old normal.
0: I exactly, so. exactly. Well, anyway, that that's great. Well, Charles, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I, I think... Uh what I'd like to do is, uh, again, as uh, we get progressing through the summer, and uh, to do more of these updates because I think uh, 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 parents and and uh, uh, townspeople, uh, you know, are are always thirsty for information uh, on going forward and and uh, what's going on and how we're dealing with it. So uh, thank you again, and uh, so from all of us here at the Town Tech Educational. Partnership uh, podcast studio uh, with Dr. Charles Britton, our superintendent of schools. Uh, Thanks so much. And uh, as I say in all our podcasts, stay home, stay safe, and wash your hands. Uh, Be well. Thanks. This podcast was produced by the Town Tech Educational Partnership Program, which is a partnership between Portland High School and the Portland Town Hall. If you're looking to start a podcast for your business or organization, check out towntech.org forward slash podcast to learn more.